pow, pow, power wheels. Hey, everybody. Sean Harwell. This is the Never Heard of It podcast, the podcast where we talk about the movies that have fallen through our cracks and yours. And we're talking Japanese cracks today, which will be fun. But of course, I'm joined once again by my co-host, Craig Moorhead. Say hello, Craig. Hello, everybody. It's Craig Moorhead. How are you doing, Sean? I'm doing well. How about you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I'm ready to talk movies. I'm ready to talk this movie. Man, it's like halfway through June already. Can you believe it? I can't, and I won't. You know, I forgot to mention, you had a birthday not too long ago. Uh, I was going to ask you, you know, we're both kind of getting up up there in years. Like, how yeah. many more years of this podcast do you think you have in you? Uh, I'll do it till I die. So at least oh my 10 God. years. Yeah. Oh my That's God. Right. Okay. Well, I'm glad we got that on record. Mm-hmm. Go to neverheardpodcast.com. Find us, all the social stuff. Uh, Craig, I think we're on Apple Podcasts, of course, and we're on Spotify. Oh, yeah. Stitcher. Yep. Uh, yeah. Do you use Overcast? Do you use somebody who's using yeah, Overcast? Overcast? You can find us through Overcast. Yeah, it's a great, great iOS app. app. Um, find us on YouTube's. You can just Google us. Yeah, just Google us. We're there. You know, it's Sean and Craig. You know what I yeah, mean? There you go. Um, That's your yeah. So quality. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Find us. Come make a suggestion. This is the last movie we're doing for June. I have no idea what Craig is going to pick for July. I'm excited, oh, but maybe maybe up. he needs some help. So maybe you're going to want to make a suggestion. Yeah, definitely. If there's, if there's something you wish we would do, man, write us. Write us on the Twitters. Write us in Facebook. Write us wherever. Mm-hmm. Write us. Yeah. Just write us. Write us some blood. Uh, write us blood. And use a nice nice pen. Yours or someone else's. <laughs> Well, no, no, okay. Yeah, legally, we may have to retract that. Anyway, uh, speaking of blood, mm-hmm. I think we're going to get some with this movie. I haven't watched it yet, but I'm very excited to do so. We're talking the 1973 Japanese Yakuza film, Battles Without Honor and Humanity. Love that. Right off the bat, oh, how can you not like that title, man? That's a yeah. damn good title. Uh, I picked this one again, Summer travel i would love to go to japan as i mentioned that in australia are like the top mm-hmm. of my list maybe this movie will make me rethink that uh notion we'll see maybe. we'll see uh we're gonna get into it craig you're gonna break down who made this movie for us a little bit That's and right. we should just say right up front i've got a ton of names <laughs> in my information uh, you probably have a thousand more it's going to be bad, folks, but just pretend that you're hearing this in perfect Japanese. Yeah. Thank you. If you can translate it in your head, that's all that matters. Make all this a lot better because this <laughs> is going to be a bloodbath. All right, but bl- lay that, uh, let the blood rain upon us, Craig. All right, here we go. First up, so this is a movie uh, Battles Without Honor and Humanity. Came out in 1973. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a little older than I am, yep, I'm happy to say. Yeah. Uh, the movie was directed by a gentleman by the name of Kinji Fukasaku. I apologize. I'm just going to say I'm sorry. I, I, I think that's perfect. I say every, every yeah. I don't, yeah, say it now and then you're done. You don't have to say it okay. again. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, now, you might know him. He directed Battle Royale in 2000, which uh, many see as a precursor to such movies as The Hunger Games, uh, books, uh, so on and so forth. I still a haven't seen that. I got to do that, right? 
Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, you gotta see it. It's yeah. Man. It really okay. yeah. So, but anyway, yeah. So he he did uh, Battle Royale. He also did a movie in 1982 called Fall Guy. It has kind of a funny looking poster. Don't know much about it. Hmm. Um, but other than that, I didn't really recognize a lot of his other titles. Fall Guy. Hmm. Uh. So yeah. So maybe uh, maybe that goes on the list somewhere. If we like the old battles of without honor and humanity. So then next up, <laughs> yeah. now you have to, Sean, you know this, people have to write the movies. So uh, the story credit on battles goes to uh, Koichi Aibashi. Aibashi. There's literally two eyes beside each other. So I don't know what to do with that. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's my fault. Not, not his. Yep. Uh, but uh, Koichi Aibashi. Um, who is also known for new battles without honor and humility. Yep. Um, so, uh, humanity rather. Uh, so he definitely, it feels like maybe he was the, the, the real uh, engine behind the stories here, but, uh, you know, he needed someone to flesh it out in screenplay form and along comes, uh, Kaz, uh, <laughs> Ka- Ka- Kazuo Kasahari, Kasahara. Very good. Uh, 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 and uh, and uh, the, uh, he, he is uh, known also for Battles Without Honor and Humanity. Known for lots of... Now, these guys have tons of, of credits. Yeah. Uh, uh, one of them that popped up for a lot of people in here was one... This is just one of my favorite titles. I have no idea what the movie is. But from 1974, a movie called Police Tactics... Which I just good title. You know, it yeah. could be an educational video for all I know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, I love That's, I love the name of that. It's one they show at the academy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here are all the tactics you may need to know. <laughs> yeah. Um. Then uh. Okay. I'm sorry. My my notes got kind of scrambled, so I got to skip around a little bit. Okay. Uh. We're gonna jump down to. So we got music throughout the movie. Oh, that's uh, good. Yeah, and and in this case, this music was provided by uh, Toshiaki uh, to Tushima Tushima. Uh, so sorry, sorry. Yeah. and he is known for such movies as Sword of the Beast, uh, The Street Fighter. Hey. Maybe maybe you've heard of, and uh, it seems they, I believe they they stole some snippets of his. Uh, not they didn't steal it, but they took they used some snippets of his music in Kill Bill. Volume one. I got some more info on that one too, buddy. So we're all good. Oh, good. Yeah. Good, good, good. I like, Stay I like tuned. when I can set, set them up. Yeah. You knock them down. Uh, cinematography. There's a guy behind the camera by the name of Sadatsugu. Uh, I'm so sorry. Yoshida. And uh, Mr. Yoshida, also known for such movies as Samurai Wolf, 1966. The Secret of the Urn, 1966. Wonder if police tactics is in here. I didn't look for police tactics. Well, but I don't see it. Not his fault. Not his. Oh, it is. It is. Yes. Yes. He shot police tactics. Okay. <laughs> okay. This is great. This is going really well. These titles are amazing. I mean, like, let's just stop for a second. Yeah. Was it the secret of the urn? Secret of the urn. Come on. That's a oh, great I, I have, title. I have. I still have my favorite title coming up, and this is. Oh, one okay. I'm really gonna dig. I'm gonna try and find it because. Okay. By all means. The title makes me want to see it so bad. Uh, but then the movie was also edited, not a single take, 
by Shintaro Miyamoto. Miyamoto, probably. Probably. Uh, Somewhere in that neighborhood. Guess what he edited? Uh, Police tactics. That's right he did, Sean. (laughs) He edited police tactics. Okay. Oh, my goodness. He also edited a movie called Red Peony Gambler. Don't know. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like it's 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 just everything about it is intriguing. So, but you got to populate your movie with actors. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, there's not much to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I guess you don't have to anyway. So the movie stars uh, Bunta, God, uh, Bunta Suga, Sugawara. That that is definitely wrong. I don't think I didn't. I don't think a sim, uh, single. Uh, um, <laughs> that's what it looks you know. like. Uh, you know, yeah, that's what it looks like. But there's no way that well, uh, it, it sounds so fanatical. much more beautiful yeah. coming out of a real person's mouth. He plays uh, Shozo Hirono, which is also totally mispronounced. But he uh, he also he provided a voice for the movie Spirited Away. Oh, which, no my goodness, if you haven't seen that, so so good. And and he was in a movie. This is this is the movie. I wish I could have saved it for later, but he was, you know, he's like the star of the show. He's in a movie from 1975 called Truck Rascals. That's incredible. I want to see Truck Rascals. We I'm gotta dying watch to see Truck. It looks like an action extravaganza. Yeah, you bet it is. Yeah. Oh man, Truck Rascals. So uh, I wonder if that was like then, their answer to the Australian car movie thing. It's like, well, yeah, I wonder the truck rascals. Yeah, like they're, they're trying to see if it'll like, like you know, gain footing. Yeah, in Japan, and then yeah, maybe it did. Uh, um, yeah. Whew, that's good. No, and then uh, also starring Hiroki Matsukata as Tetsuya Sakai, and uh, this fella. Now this fella was in a movie. Just from 2010, not long ago, and it's it's a fantastic movie, by the way, called Thirteen Assassins. Oh yeah, I need to see yeah. that. I remember that uh, was uh, getting some hype back in the yeah. 2013. When was that? Because that was Takashi Mika. That's why, which is also an in- incorrect pronunciation. But mm. he's made a ton of fantastic, like mostly like super gory like horror movies. Oh wow! But this movie was fantastic. Definitely check out 13 Assassins if you get a chance. Uh, the movie also starred uh, n- stars uh, uh, Nobu- Nobuo Kaneko. <laughs> so, so terrible. <laughs> Who also starred in the 1952 movie Ikiru, which I'd love to see. I, I, this thing has popped up a billion times, and yeah. I, um, I, I'm dying to see it. He was also in Godzilla 1985. No kidding. Which wow. is exciting. And also came out in 1984. Now, moving on to Saizo Fukumoto, which I'm, I'm almost sure I nailed the end, the last name on that one. I think it he is. Was, yeah. Yeah. He, he was also in 13 Assassins and, and in the Tom uh, Cruise movie, The Last Samurai. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, moving along, Asao uh, Uchida. Also in the 1970 movie, Tora, Tora, Tora. Maybe you remember him from that. Uh, Shutaro Hayashi in the 1989 movie, I believe uh, Ridley Scott, right? Black Rain? That is Ridley Scott, yeah. Michael Michael Douglas Douglas movie. He's in that puppy. You got uh, Asao Koike, not 
not a good pronunciation. He's in the nineteen fifty seven movie Throne of Blood, which I also really want to see. Yeah, I gotta do that, that pops up a lot. Um, oh, and then and then Chi Kobayashi. Uh, uh, Chi is definitely not right. Kobayashi, pretty sure that's right. And he was also in Truck Rascals. No um, kidding. Yeah, and so that's so I, I had a, a longer list. Uh, there are many, many actors in this movie. I'm really looking forward to seeing them. But as I went along, I, I yeah, I recognized fewer and fewer titles. So I'm kind of looking forward to find out what you got, what kind of dirt you dug up. Oh on, man, uh, on these fantastic. Well, artists. yes, and if nothing else, you should pass the torch to me on uh, butchering oh, pronunciations because yeah. I feel like you, yes. whew, man, you. Take it. Take a drink of water and a deep breath, Sean. You took one for the team there. That's yeah. I appreciate that. Mm. No, you know, I dug into this a little bit. I think I maybe mentioned, maybe I didn't. I just kind of randomly came across this movie on a list of great Japanese films, and it was very high on that list, and it sounded cool. Right. And, uh, again, love the title, but yeah. no, knew nothing about this. And so let me give you a little bit of background on the whole Yakuza thing briefly. And first chunk of this is coming straight from filmcomment.com. Mm-hmm. And so, okay, this movie is 73, uh, but in the 60s, very famous company in Japan called, uh, and here's where this gets terrible, the Toei Company. It's literally T-O-E-I. I don't, I don't know how to do it. Americans yeah, cannot wrap our hands or heads around that. The Toei Company, uh, which was Tokyo-based, they have film, TV, uh, interestingly, I think they owned like 34 theaters, which, you know, that doesn't happen in America these days. But mm. they became this sort of like go-to factory for Yakuza movies. By 1967, they made 55 movies, uh, 37 of them all Yakuza flicks. And they were all of a certain type, okay? So that's the big thing with this is like uh, this movie is known for changing the type of Yakuza movies. So those were all uh, Nik- Nin. Kajo, mm-hmm. Ningjo, Ningjo, mm-hmm. uh, which right. were the sort of mythic mantels about a noble Yakuza reasserting the ideals of Japanese chivalry and honor by hacking apart dozens of dishonorable opponents from rival gangs. Right? That's what you want to watch. Uh, yeah, totally. But this, the author of this article states you know, the real Yakuza never had a scrap of honor, right? And I, I, found, I found this kind of fascinating, so just bear with me here. In the 19th century, the Yakuza were a part-time secret army for the right-wing government, breaking up strikes and labor unions while ultra-nationalists like Toyama Mitsuru regularly forged brief truces between Yakuza and the police to promote his agenda. When Japan held its first open elections in 1892, Mitsuru brought together an alliance of Yakuza, ultra-nationalists, and cops under orders from the Minister of Home Affairs to wage a violent campaign to tip the election. And it was the Yakuza who helped run Japan's official, official Craig, Opium Monopoly Bureau, which was dedicated to building a thriving opium trade with China, but all for the purpose of undermining China's stability. Kind of shady. That's pretty shady. And Didn't know any of that. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't just the Japanese government who cozied up to the Yakuza, this article states. After W.W. Dose, uh, the occupying Americans, obviously, as I, I don't know if we're still in this phase, terrified of communist agitation. 
And so they allowed the Yakuza to kind of control the black market for food in exchange for breaking up strikes and attacking left-winging, uh, left-wing politicians. Uh, most importantly, the Americans secured the release from prison of a Class A war criminal, Yoshio Kodama, who was a major Yakuza figure. And it was basically like as long as he helped them against the communists, eh, okay, so he's a terrible person who deals drugs and murders, et cetera, that they can look past that, right? Sure. And so what's happening is, the states, is that the real Yakuza were a million times worse than what was being portrayed on film up to that point. And so you got a guy like uh, Kinji Fukasaku, the director, who was born and raised after the Second World War, who felt like that should change, right? And so I guess he made a movie called Street Mobster in 1972, and with that sort of ushered in the Jitsu Roku, which now I'm just like wondering, is is Roku somehow related? Like, what's what does Roku mean? Like, I want to know. Okay, but that was a more realistic style of Yakuza movie. It was shot primarily handheld, and... If you don't know, because we haven't said it yet, I guess explicitly, Yakuza is like a Japanese mobster, right? I mean, that's that's the at least the Western interpretation of that. Yeah. And so, anyway, the gentleman that you mentioned, Koichi Iobashi, however you said it, probably better. Oh, definitely. My understanding was that he was a journalist. He was working for a newspaper, and he started publishing a two-volume massive interview with... Kozo Mino, who was a jailed uh, Yakuza boss from Hiroshima. And when that started coming out in the newspaper, it said that Fukusaku absolutely got interested. And um, not long after that, this company, the Toei company, ordered the screenwriter, Katsuo Kasahara, Mm -hmm. I think you have to say. Uh, He started writing the script in 1972. he came to understand that while the company had gotten the rights to adapt the uh, the journalist work, it seemed they had not bothered to ask the Yakuza boss himself <laughs> if he was okay with this. And um, that became an issue. Uh, he went to meet this man in prison, I believe, and asked for permission to adapt the story but he did not get it. And it said that the Yakuza guy, Mino, uh, declined because he was already getting problems from fellow Yakuza members for exposing sort of the inner workings of what they did. Um, But after learning that um, Kasahara, the screenwriter, served at the same naval officer school in Hiroshima, that this Yakuza guy went to, he agreed to help clarify oh, wow. some of the details. You know, so that was nice. And he was like, "Oh, you went to the same school as me? Okay, well, that's cool. Okay, uh, you know, I know I might get killed for this, but so he did. He never like officially approved it and kept his distance, but he did help some, right? Um, and so uh it said that like Kasahara found it really difficult to write this movie and create like a protagonist based on all the shit that he's hearing from this yakuza guy right. and so he actually ended up developing a story about an underboss and i think that's the character that the bunta sugawara 
which also is wrong. Character plays, if I'm not yes. mistaken. Could be wrong about that. But anyway, um, he said that he was influenced by a 1936 film, a uh, French film called uh, La Belle Equipe, uh, which I think is just known in America as They Were Five, which I think mm-hmm. is about, which that sounds really interesting. Maybe we should watch it. It was about like five guys who win the lottery and then all hell breaks loose as far as who should trust one another and as far as getting their share. I can't yeah. believe that hasn't been redone in some capacity in this day and age. It seems like such a good thing. Anyway, but the action in that movie was used as a guide, and it took him about 69, 70 days to write the script, uh, which I mentioned only because it then only took 35 to 40 days to film this thing, right? And so that is, <laughs> writing is hard, damn it. It sometimes takes longer to write these <laughs> things than it does to film them, okay? That's why I brought it up. Um but it said that they shot on location in a city called uh, Cure, uh, and that's probably mispronounced, but it's K-U-R-E, and that during filming, a lot of Yakuza would show up, and there's you know some of those that were even used as models for characters. Uh, they would be on set, and they gave advice to the director and the actors, and decades later, uh, one of those actors that I can't remember if you mentioned or not because uh, I just can't remember, and there's only like one name I recognize, um, but it's Tatsuo Umamaya. Um, yeah. He stated that he felt sorry for actors playing uh, Yakuza characters in this day and age because you know they don't really get the chance to get to know the real Yakuza the way that they did. Um, and in fact, one of the producers, Craig, was formerly a Yakuza member himself before getting a job at the Toei Company. Isn't that great? Whoa. Really turned his life around. Just yeah, went from yeah. one shady business to a to a, a more culturally and socially acceptable one, right? Wow! Yes, beautiful. So that's how the movie was made. That's the background of it, and and Yakuza and stuff. So basically, we were looking for you know this to usher in a new era of Yakuza movies, and that happened in Japan at least in January of 1973. Uh, IMDb does not list a, a screening date in the U.S. until 2004. I don't know if it ever played here uh, in the 70s, but it did screen at the Chicago International Film Festival of, of 2004. Uh, it is commonly referred to as the Yakuza Papers uh, in parts of the West, but the movie was a hit in Japan, man. It made um, $4.5 million at the box office, which ain't bad in 73. No. It was enough for 11th uh, on the year, and it made Fukusaku an A-list director. Um, there is a publication called Kinema Junpo, which I think is Japanese, but don't quote me on that. But it listed uh, the movie as the second of uh, the best films of 1973, as voted by the critics. And at their award ceremony, it won Reader's Choice for Best Film, Best Actor, Best Screenplay. Uh, the Village Voice, Dennis Lim, later said that it's, um, it's a flick that drains criminal netherworlds of romance, crushes codes of honor underfoot, and nullifies distinctions between good and evil. Uh, wow. Kyle Anderson of The Nerdist said it's the fastest, most frenetic, least apologetic gangster picture ever made, which <laughs> uh, that's in line with another thing that I had read when I was initially looking at it. I was like, oh, shit, this sounds awesome. Uh, and William Friedkin, of course, the director of French Connection and The Exorcist, said that um, 
Fukusaku's trait of never redeeming bad characters and not catering to have the good guys win in the end was a, quote, profound influence on him and claimed that this is something that one cannot do today in American films, which uh, I think he's probably right. Maybe in TV. Maybe in TV. Sure. Um, but so, yeah, uh, I think some of the reason why you were seeing names pop up in a lot of the same movies, and I'm, damn it, I'm not positive if Police Tactics is one of these. I don't think it is. But they made five movies out of those original interviews with that gangster Kozo Mino, right? Fukusaku directed all of them, and it looks like they made them in like a year and a half, like all of them. It's crazy. Um, And I think much of the cast, I know Sugawara was in all of them, but I think they played uh, different characters in each one. So I don't know if it's a complete reset uh, as far as like maybe time period or the gang that they're focusing on or what, but it doesn't look like those are all just straight sequels. Okay. Right. Uh, Kasaharo wrote the first four and then said, there's not enough material to make a fifth movie. The company said, you're wrong. And they got uh, a gentleman by the name of Koji Takata to write the fifth film. And uh, Takata apparently had interviewed a real Yakuza boss himself. uh, And Kasahara, the previous screenwriter, warned him not to base the character on that gentleman. And he disregarded the advice. And according to Wikipedia, there were problems with the studio and that gentleman later on, but it did not extrapolate on that fact. Hmm. So maybe some kneecaps got busted. Yeah. yeah. I can only assume. I mean, I just assume kneecaps were harmed in the making that, of that movie. It's pretty much all that really happens, <laughs> just kneecaps. Yeah. Um, Fukusaku was not done with this. He did do three additional standalone films um, under the new battles without honor and humanity title, which those came out between 74 and 76, I think. And then it said three more films by different directors were made in 79, 2000, and 2003. Um, I also found a 2009 movie called New Battles Without Honor and Humanity, which I think is a remake of sort and was also known as Another Battle. But there is a song in that movie called Battle Without Honor or Humanity. This is all very confusing. And that's the song that's prominently used in Kill Bill Volume 1. All you got to do is go find your soundtrack, look for New Battle or Battle Without Honor or Humanity, press play, you will know that song. Um, wow. But I don't think it's in this movie that we're going to watch. Enough. But um, and anyway... Uh, yeah, that's basically it. This sort of launched a big series of films uh, and then also a complete genre. That always makes me interested and happy and hoping that, yeah, that if this is indeed one of the least apologetic gangster movies ever made, I think we'll be happy, Craig. Mm-hmm. It's a lean 99 minutes. You can find it on Amazon Prime, and I hope you'll watch it. And make sure those subtitles are on. Yeah. 
Unless you, you speak fluent Japanese. You may also want subtitles for this episode of the podcast, and I don't blame you. But, uh, Craig. Yes. You, should we take a, let's just do a quick guess. We'll do a body count guess. Mm-hmm, and we'll mm-hmm. play over under. So what you get, uh, give me a number for how many people you think are going to die in uh, battles without honor or humanity. Oh, how many people are going to die in... I'm I I'll put it north of 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 eighty. North of eighty, holy cow! So yeah. you're getting like Rambo I'm territory. A real, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll say no more than. Uh, I'll do a conservative forty forty. Okay. So we'll we'll see. I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure if I can find that tally, but we'll, we'll keep an eye on it. <laughs> uh, any last words, Craig? Uh, no. I mean, you know, I, I feel like I've said so many words incorrectly already. Yeah. That I'm just gonna kind of sit back. I'm gonna let you take this one. Uh, domo arigato. Oh, good work. Probably got that wrong too. Anyway, that's true. Thanks for listening. Come back next time. We'll do the whole thing. <laughs>